working. Yeah, well, so have I. Yeah, I overbooked, though. So I wasn't getting a lot of sleep. and I may not make a lot of sense today because I've been having problems actually speaking out loud. Just trouble finding words. My concentration's really bad. Did you go to the ER last night? Should I? No, I did. So maybe chill out. Um, sounds more like you might need to chill out. I do. Why did you go to the ER? Because I passed out. Where? In my house. Oh, well, it's better than passing out in public, I guess. Where people just walk by you because they don't care. Why did you pass out? Don't know. Uh, they couldn't find anything? Julie won't. Well, I, did, I left because we were there for three hours. That's pretty short for a mm -hmm. ER visit. Well, I'm not going to sit there, especially when I felt better. Yeah. It's 10 o'clock and I'm like, I don't want to stay here. But now I have to deal with Julie. Um, she's Since a... I have kind of brain tumor or something, you know. Uh, passing out could be a lot of things, yeah. I mean, it could be as bad as that. It's probably because I had my first beer in three weeks. Hmm. I don't know. I mean, I guess I could cause it. Were you just sort of sitting there and you passed out, or were you like... No. She came home and I got up off the couch and I got dizzy and I passed out and I fell. Oh, that could be like a blood pressure thing. I... Oh. I mean, My blood pressure is fine. They don't know what's wrong with me. Yeah, don't let me try to diagnose you. I don't know. I don't... You anyway, would... it's a bunch of crap, and I'm tired of it. I gotta do shit, and I'm behind on things. I don't need to be dying. Well, I guess dying is the best excuse for missing your deadline, because you're dead. Line. It is the best excuse. It's the unbeatable excuse. Haha, <laughs> suck it, I'm dead. Yeah. The only, yeah, it sucks that you're not around to actually be satisfied with that. Right. I mean, I, I guess if there is a beyond, you can look, look in from beyond, yeah. Probably not. I mean, it worked for uh, Bob Marley. Not Bob Marley, Jacob Marley. Sorry. Might have worked for Bob Marley, too, I don't know. Bob Marley's watching you right now. I and I, yeah. Mm -hmm. That would be that would be like hell for Bob Marley. He's like, why am I watching this white boy in Cincinnati? It's true. This is the only channel I get is watching this white boy in his attic. It's not an attic. It is an attic. It's the upstairs of my house. But there's like an unfinished roof and stuff. That's an attic. It's not unfinished at all. It's completely finished. Oh, it is? Yeah. For some reason, I picture, I see beams and stuff in my head. No. I must have been not paying attention when I was there. Probably. Feels like an attic with all that crap in there. Well, you saw it before I even really got unpacked or anything. 
I think I had my desk set up to work, and that was about it. But it doesn't look much better now, even unpacked. It's just stacks of stuff and shelving and whatnot. Anyway, well, I, I'm glad you're not dead. Well, I mean... But you should go to a doctor and try to find out what the hell's well, going on. Well, I don't, I don't know what to do. It takes forever to get in there. I mean... I have, I have an appointment in October with my doctor. Is that just a, was that a, just a regular scheduled checkup appointment? Mm-hmm. Well, why don't you call him and see if you can make a closer appointment? <sighs> I'm just saying, man, you know, you only got one life to live. And, you know, like, sands through the hourglass, so are the days of our lives. You might have to go to the general hospital. Which I guess you did last night. I mean, I don't want to see any dark shadows. Shut up! Alright, fine. I've run out of soap operas that I can remember anyway. Which one had Scorpio in it? There was a brief period when I'm in my childhood when I watched soap operas. And a brief time in the 90s when I was watching them too, because they were just batshit insane in the 90s. I don't remember which one it was, but one of them actually had the devil in it. Oh, yeah. That was probably Passions. I can't remember. I, it was on, it was afternoon TV, I remember. Yeah, one of, like, Days of Our Lives or pa- Passions was the insane one, because it had a witch in it. Yeah, I don't remember that per- specifically. I just, I remember one time had it on for some reason and then all of a sudden there were a couple of people in a glade and then the devil was there like the actual devil I don't think it wasn't like like our modern interpretation of the devil like in a smooth suit or something like it was like a, a red devil like yeah it, they got real dumb I mean everything kind of went bonk because of wrestling went bonkers in the 90s too and wrestling and soap operas aren't that far apart really but because I, mean, I, you know, I, I still remember in wrestling when like they brought Leslie Nielsen in to track down the Undertaker, which I always just thought was the craziest thing, you know. Leslie Nielsen, detective. But anyway, um, it's weird. Do you ever like zone out while you're working and not remember doing it? No. Because I've been having that phenomenon happen. Where I'll, I'll be working and I'll get through a couple of pages and now all of a sudden I realize I, I look up and see what page number I'm on and realize I didn't remember doing the last couple of pages. And then I go back and look at them and they're fine. I mean, like it wasn't like I was screwing them up or skipping them or something. They, they look fine. But I just didn't remember doing them. It was like I totally went on autopilot. And mm-hmm. it just did it. Like... That was pretty weird. And like I said, I've been having real problems picking the right words for stuff. Now, I'm not talking about, like, looking for an appropriate word or or trying to figure out, like, a fancy word for something. I mean, I'm I'm having problems picking out, like, common names for stuff. And the weird thing is, is I 
by the hours, I've been getting the right amount of sleep. But I'm still not... I'm, I'm exhausted. Like, I'm tired, you know? Maybe you need to go to the doctor. Who's got time Gee. for that? But uh, in my experience, the ER generally takes like five to six hours. Yeah, I'm not doing that. Which is... Who has that fucking time? Well, do you have the, like an urgent care? Well, urgent if it's like a heart thing, urgent care. There today, and they said that today was by appointment only. Oh. I was like, well, thanks for nothing. Because um, I remember when I had that heart scare for a minute a couple years ago. Uh, urgent care wouldn't, they would have just redirected me to the regular ER anyway. Because if it's like a heart thing or a brain thing or whatever, they, they're not like equipped to deal with it or whatever. Yeah, they can't give you fluids either. I learned that when I went after uh, um, my COVID scare at C2E2. Oh. I didn't know that part. Yeah. You have to go to, like, the emergency room. Yeah, I, I knew there was stuff they're just not equipped to deal with, so... Like. So if I had gone... If I had just gotten in the ambulance that Julie called, I probably would have got in. Oh, no. No, they, they would have stored you until they got around to it. My, um... My mom was taken there in an ambulance recently. And um, she was still there for Christ. I, don't, I mean, <laughs> it was probably like five, six hours, honestly. And when I went in there, I went in there and told them that the the nurse on the phone told me to go to the ER and that I was having heart problems and that I needed to be looked at for like having a heart attack or something. Mm-hmm. And they still made me sit in the waiting room for like five hours and then I was no, I was watching it I was I was witnessing it happening in there and I was like and I turned to Julie I was like you know they just triaged me they went in there and they gave me an EKG they know there's nothing really wrong with me so they're I'm gonna be here till the very end they're not, I'm not high priority at all yeah I, that's so, what weirded me out is they didn't even look at me I just registered at the desk and they told me to go sit down and I'm sitting here going like, okay, if I'm if I'm having a heart attack, <laughs> why are you just putting me over here? And that because they didn't do any tests on me until they actually got me in, like, and that by at that point I didn't really even feel like I needed to be there. Like you, I didn't feel like I needed to be there anymore. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> but I didn't know, you know. So I'm like, well, I should at least get checked out, like, to see what the hell it was, which. They didn't find anything, so it kind of made it all seem like it wasn't worthwhile. And it cost a lot of money for them to not find anything. I think I was insured at the time, though, so I only had to pay part of it. I'm insured, too, but they always find a way to make you pay something, so I am not. I don't like going. Yeah, I, I don't know. I've, I've been to the ER more times in the past few years than I care to. Not... Not for me personally, but for family members and stuff. I'm not a big fan of them. I mean, I, I know they serve a purpose and they've saved people's lives, but I just I don't like being there. <clears throat> Especially like when I'm trying to remember when my dad got hurt. 
was when they weren't letting anybody in, like that wasn't didn't need to be there, you know. Mm-hmm. So me and my mom were like waiting out in the car, and until the middle of the night, you know, like, and they didn't tell us that they had moved him to the hospital for like an hour and a half. <laughs> like, I don't know. I mean, I'm sure there's other good stories about ERs, but I don't. I just haven't had very good experiences with them. Um, and that seems to be like somewhat typical. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, not just the ERs I've been to, but like when I've heard about other people's ER experiences. Yeah. Which, oh, I, yeah. It's just weird because, you know, brought up watching TV shows and stuff, ERs are like magical surgical places. <laughs> Where all the, the doctors are super efficient and everything happens quickly. I guess because they have to fit it in a hour time slot, you know. But, um, I don't know, man. For a place that's got the word emergency in its name, you would think they would be a little more fast. From what I saw, it's mostly about people that the cops bring in. (laughs) Yeah, I didn't have that experience, but I'm not in the middle of... The ER I went to wasn't in the middle of a big city. Suburb ER, you know. And there wasn't a sports game going on or anything. Yeah, a sad thing happened in my neighborhood the other day. Turned out, like, uh, there was a whole bunch of police activity, and we really didn't know what was going on here until the next day. But it turned out there was a guy, I guess he was unbalanced, I don't know, but... He was in a custody battle, and he had his six-year-old daughter with him. He was supposed to turn the daughter over to his ex-wife, or the daughter's mother. Um, and he barricaded himself in and did a murder-suicide thing. Oh, God. And it was, I mean, when I say in my neighborhood, I'm saying in, like, just a, basically a couple of streets over, you know. Jesus. And it was, um, because when it was going on, there were people talking about it, like on, I guess, ring doorbells have a community, like, next door. Oh, really? Um, because my neighbor's got one. So he had first heard about it from their message board thing or whatever. And so he was texting me about it, because it was, it was happening in the apartment complex next to my house. And, uh, he was telling me that there were shots fired and stuff, and I'm like, oh, well, I guess I better stay away from the south windows then, you know. Um, and then he, he was updating me on it because he knew somebody else that lived, like, on the opposite side of the apartment complex on a street over there. And they were that was closer to where it was actually happening. And so they were, like, updating him, and he was updating me, and we just, we didn't know what was going on. We knew there was a SWAT team there and gunfire and stuff like that, but didn't really know anything until the next day when it came out on the news. It's like, well, that really sucks, you know, because that kid didn't ask for that shit. Like, wasn't that kid's fault. Yeah. Pretty horrible thing. Just, um, I don't know, you know. So this is a happy episode. Yeah, no, sorry. Pardon me. 
and it's just sad. Yeah, like I said, it was sad. We're all dying and everybody's dying. I guess this is our death episode? They're all our death episodes. This is our, our death rattle, as it were. Um, I guess I was on a, a fantasy kick for a minute there, because I had watched that Legend of the Seeker show, and then I was reading a bunch of like urban fantasy books, and then I decided to watch, I think it was a WB show, it was called uh, The Outpost. Okay. It ran for f- four seasons, I guess, until last year. Something like that, but it, it's like a fantasy show, you know. Um, and I watched it, and that, that wasn't terrible. I mean, it was your WB kind of show. Everybody's really pretty and stuff. Mm-hmm. I guess it's still WB, right? I guess. I don't know. I'm trying yeah. to remember if it... Because it's been a couple of things. But, um... Anyway, it was in, in in that sense, it was like your pretty typical WB show. I think it was a, either a New Zealand or an Australian show. Because most of the actors had that kind of accent. Mm-hmm. And I know the lead... I can't remember her name, but the lead... I looked her up, and she's definitely Australian. So I'm guessing either that or it was like a joint Canadian-Australian... Or joint Canadian-New Zealand thing or something. <laughs> like... Um, and it was, it fell pretty rapidly into your kind of, um, just your typical thing, like tropes, you know, you knew what to expect coming up next. Um, but for what it was, it wasn't terrible. And then I decided to rewatch The Hobbit and The Lord of the Rings. Mm -hmm. And when you're, Working on, I mean, when I say watch, I just put it on while I was working. It wasn't like I sat there watching it or anything. But, um, I mean, I think altogether, the three Hobbit movies and the Lord of the Rings movies, which there are three of also, yes, um, come to something like, uh, 16 hours? 17 hours? Sure. Somewhere around there. I don't remember the exact times. I mean, they're all roughly... They're all at least like two hours long. Some of them are closer to three. Um, so, yeah. Working really long hours and having that on while you work means you can get through that entire series in about a day and a half. <laughs> so that was kind of weird, watching them that quickly. And I've got really mixed feelings about The Hobbit. Because it's... Why? Well, I mean, for one thing, it's it's not strictly an adaptation of the book. Like, and, and I don't mean they just changed minor things. I mean, like, they sort of sprinkled some of the Hobbit story into something they just made up. You know? And well, that even, is adaptation, isn't it? Making up stuff. It's, I guess I should say it's not strictly a straight adaptation. Hmm. Because mostly, most of the movie, and even though it's it's three movies, I'm just going to call it all one movie because it's, it is all one movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, they just broke it up into three parts, but it's most of the movie isn't the Hobbit. It's stuff they put in to be a prequel to the Lord of the Rings, right? Um, because I mean, strictly speaking, the Hobbit's not a prequel to the Lord of the Rings. It's it's the first book. 
Lord of the Rings is a sequel. <laughs> you know? Right. But I guess partially because of the order they filmed this stuff in and because they wanted it to expand the universe or tie it all in or whatever. Mm-hmm. They just mostly fabricated stuff out of whole cloth. Although I, I think I read that they were working largely from notes, from Tolkien's notes. Mm-hmm. On stuff. But... I, even the actual stuff from The Hobbit itself that they put in the movies, they changed a bunch of it. Like, and some of it I considered to be fairly significant. Like, one of the weirder things, and I'm not really sure why... I guess they did it because it makes a little more sense in the book, but... Okay, so in The Hobbit... I'm, I'm, I'm sure you, read, you read The Hobbit, right? At some point? No. No, okay. Um, well, okay, in The Hobbit... After Smaug gets out of the, the cave and starts heading towards Lake Town to burn it, mm-hmm. um, there's this little bird there that... Okay, wait a minute. Let me backtrack a little bit. When Bilbo goes in to burgle the thing from Smaug, he sees that in the book, Smaug has used the gold to make armor for himself. And that's why he, an arrow can't pierce him. Mm. He's like melted gold to his body. Which does sort of happen in the movie, too, but it happens more as an accidental thing, and then he shakes it off. Mm-hmm. But in the book, he did it on purpose, and he made himself an armor so he couldn't be pierced by an arrow. Bilbo happens to see the chink, like he does in the movie, like the little gap in the, the gold scales. Mm-hmm. Um, but in the movie, they say that the gap's there because of the previous attack. The the arrow, the black arrow, had hit him but didn't pierce it, but it made a perforation in his armor or whatever mm-hmm. um, in the book it was just small missed a spot <laughs> you know um, so Bilbo goes back out and there's this little bird which I believe was a thrush um, he tells the thrush to go tell the arrow guy bard bard um, to go tell him about the spot in the armor where he could pierce him with the arrow in the movie <laughs> Bird to tell a guy? Yeah, which in the context of the book makes sense. It's it's all magic y shit, you know? But, so he tells the bird, and the bird goes and tells Bard. And, um, in the movie, though, Bard just happens to see it. Like, Bilbo seeing it and Bard seeing it are unconnected entirely. Mm-hmm. There, there was no point in Bilbo ever seeing it in the movie, you know? Because Bilbo didn't ever have anything to do with it. <laughs> So okay. I, I just thought that was a weird change. Like, why not just make it the bird again? You know, or why keep Bilbo seeing? Why you know? I guess in the movie Bilbo has to see it so we recognize it when Bard sees it. I guess uh, that's the only thing I can think of. But it just seemed clunky. It seemed like a change to introduce more problems than solve them. But just weird stuff like that. You know, I mean, I'm. I'm I used to be real, like, anti-things being wildly changed from a good book or a good story to fit into a movie. But I don't really care as much anymore as long as they do it good. Mm-hmm. But that stuff like that still bugs me. Like, where I'm like, well, that, that's just a clunky change. <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. That just seems like a change somebody made because they didn't like the bird. I mean, it could be, but it also... That's adding an extra element. Uh, so what ends up being an action scene? And that's the other thing with these movies. Is that the action... I 
I get that they were going for big, like epic, just huge visual, huge visual battles and stuff. Huge visual battles. But after a certain point, they become unintentionally funny almost because they're they're too over the top, <laughs> and there's yeah. like, so much stuff going on that you can't really like um, connect to it. Hmm. I guess. And it just becomes starts being funny after a certain point, like seeing people jump around and, and just like flinging things around and stuff, like the physics of it all. Oh, right. It just becomes silly looking. Like, and I started laughing at points. <laughs> I'm like, I'm not supposed to be laughing at this. People are dying. <laughs> you know? Of course, my brain's not quite working right either, so I could have just been laughing at it because I'm going crazy. But, um, I don't know. I mean, there's things like that where it's like... And... I noticed it more in The Hobbit than I did in the Lord of the Rings stuff, and I guess that's just because they have more time to refine it. <clears throat> but, because, you know, like the Battle of Five Armies, which is the last part of the last movie, mm-hmm. was always my least favorite part of The Hobbit book, anyway. Like, it was the part I always found the most boring. Because it? it's just a bunch of people running around hacking at each other. And right. there's just not a lot, really, like, story-wise going on. Really boring in the Bashki cartoon. Yeah. I haven't seen that in a long time, but yeah. It's just... You need, any of that is just repeated, the same repeated rotoscoping. Right, well, they had a budget. <laughs> yeah. Um, But yeah, so I mean, that was always my, my least favorite part of the book anyway, so I, I kind of I have to take that into account when I'm thinking about it. And I don't think it's a terrible... I didn't think it was a terrible movie in and of itself. It had issues. Things I didn't understand why they put in there at all. Like, I didn't get the whole... Um, Elf-Dwarf love affair thing. Like, why was that in there at all? What did that, that, I don't even know how that reflected on the Lord of the Rings. Like, mm-hmm. it's just something they made up and put in there for... What reason? Like, you know? You gotta have something. The only thing I could think of there was that... Maybe that foreshadows the whole um, um, King of Gondor, Prince of Gondor like elf love affair thing. But not really. Because that, that, in the Lord of the Rings that didn't need any explanation. It was what it was. You know? So I, I'm not really sure like why. I, unless it was just padding. I mean that, that's an explanation too. It's three 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 hour movies. I don't think it needed padding. Well, I'm saying they might have needed to add some of this extraneous shit to make it three three hour movies. You know, mm. uh, and the Hobbit movies are mostly like two and a half, I think. But yeah, like you know, I'm, I'm guessing some of the stuff that they just needed to add. But I don't know. It was just weird, and I I, I don't think it's a very good adaptation of the Hobbit from the standpoint mm-hmm. of being an adaptation of the book of The Hobbit. Um, I don't know if it's a good movie or not on its own, though. They had points where I'm, I'm like, hey, this is pretty cool. But mostly by the time I got to the end of it, I'm like, oh, was that all really necessary? Can't, can't we just cut this down and like maybe... Oh, a, absolutely none of it was necessary. Like maybe cut it down into one three-hour movie? <laughs> like, I think there are people that have done that. Probably. I know they were... Um, people doing super cuts of stuff was like a big thing... Even when that came out, um, and then I moved into the Lord of the Rings, which I don't know. I mean, I, I felt like that one was pretty solid as an adaptation. 
there were changes from what I remember. It's been a while since I've read the books, but there were changes from what I remember. But they, they weren't like... I didn't feel like they were super drastic changes. Or unnecessary. Pretty epic. And yeah, and then that... Again, in the books, the battles were always my least favorite parts, because there's just people running around hacking at each other. Um, Can you hack it? (laughs) So... But, you know, yeah, I still felt like those were really good, because I remember watching the first one in the theater when it came out, and just that feeling of seeing it on a big screen, and seeing something like that for the first time. Like... Mm -hmm kind of brought memories of that back and that was that was good I enjoyed it I thought Gollum was still really good in both movies mm-hmm um they kind of wolverined him a little bit they kind of wolverined him? over explained his backstory mmm that's a good way of putting that um but you know, I, I still thought he was pretty good. Like, and he, he becomes an almost like sympathetic character by the end. Like, well, by the mm-hmm. end of the, yeah, by the end of the Lord of the Rings. Um, and I going bouncing back to the Hobbit. I really like uh, Freeman in that role. I thought he was he's, he's got, good. He's, he's always good. It's the same thing that made him good playing Arthur Dent in the Hitchhiker's Guide. Is that he's got that great, likable but very put upon expression. Mm-hmm. Where he's just sort of frustrated, like and yeah. you can see it in his face, but he's not frustrated in that that petulant way that makes you want to not like him. <laughs> he's just frustrated, like he's like I can't do anything about this, but I'm right here, so I'm just going to be here. <laughs> like, got it. All right, yeah. He just uh, he comes across as a very likable dude. It's very British. Um, and he was he was great in the role of Bilbo. I thought so. Yeah, very, very much a plus for that. And Bilboed. He Bilboed the heck out of that role, man. You got Bilboed. Put him upon. But, yeah, so, anyway, I made it through all those. And then that, after that much fantasy stuff, I think I had to take a fantasy break. Well, I've been reading fantasy books, but I had to take a visual fantasy break. So. Um, and I, I didn't really, you know, I'm not going to, I don't want to go into a whole deep dive in this. Lord of the Rings or anything because it's already been done to death and and I wasn't paying that close of attention anyway it was just something I had on while I was working hmm. but I just did want to point out that I managed to watch the entire run in about a day and a half <laughs> why did you do that? because uh, it was there it came up in my recommendations while I was watching that Outpost show So I, uh, I did it. I watched it. I watched it all. Yeah, baby. All of it. Anyway. So, uh... I don't know, man. Oh, and then I watched, uh... I don't think I ever saw that newer remake of Fright Night. Oh, it's not new anymore. I think it was like 2013. But... And uh, as far as remakes go, that wasn't too bad. Yeah, it's not a bad one. Um, it doesn't. Have, I mean, it doesn't have the quirkiness I think of the original. No, it doesn't. But I think, yeah, right. But for being a modern remake of it, um, and trying to fit things into, I guess, a modern aesthetic. Yeah, it was pretty good. 
Mm-hmm. Um, this is okay, and then I watched the remake from I guess the same year, 2013-ish, of Evil Dead. Yeah, that's supposed to be pretty good. I'm trying to figure out whether I like it or not. Mm. It's brutal, and I think a little more serious. It's not silly like the original. Yeah, there's not as much of that. It's more in tone. It's more like the first movie, as opposed to Evil Dead Two, because uh, that's where you really start seeing like the silly shit come in, the humor. And this, mm. yeah, this is more in tone of the first one. It's like, like if they would have actually had a budget and stuff for the original first one, it probably would have been more like this remake, I think, because it's it's just a fairly brutal, very graphic. Uh, bummer of an ending kind of thing you know all that, all that stuff um, acting like the actors in it were fine I really like what's her name the redhead um, mm-hmm. she was on that suburbia show mm-hmm. I can't I can't place her name in right now but um, I, I, I liked her and other stuff too and I liked her in this but she's actually barely in it which is weird because she's like the hero of the movie <laughs> like, mm-hmm. and she's kind of in it as a peripheral character, off and on in the movie. But like, she's not really in in the role in the way you would expect her to be for the role her character is supposed to be, or whatever. Um, but yeah. So, also, I don't know if you've ever seen a movie called Assimilate from several years ago. It's a kind of a lower budget remake. Remake. Uh-huh. I haven't seen it, but I know about it. Okay, it's sort of a lower... It's from 2019-ish, I think. Um, kind of a lower-budget take on Invasion of the Body Snatchers. Mm-hmm. Um, but with, like, a main cast being teenagers. And, um, it's surprisingly, it's not bad. It feels kind of Canadian. I don't think it actually is Canadian, but it feels sort of Canadian. <laughs> this movie feels Canadian. I'll, I'll get to that in a minute. But um, yeah, I, I, you know, I'd recommend the simulate. It was pretty thing, pretty good, I think. Um, but yeah, and then uh, I watched Into the Blue, which I didn't expect too much out of from two thousand five. It's a surfing movie. No, it's a um, mostly a diving movie. Mm. It's. Kind of, it reminded me of a, an old Elvis movie where he finds treasure and he has to like keep it secret while he gets it out of the water. Except this one had Jessica Alba in a bikini an awful lot. Oh right, okay. So, I mean, honestly, I'm not I'm not going to kid you, man. I watched it because it had Jessica Alba in a bikini. Yeah. yeah. So, for that, it was good. <laughs> like, so it, it delivered on the promise of Jessica Alba in a bikini. Yes, it did. A bikini and also in a, uh, a like a tight wetsuit. So an um, almost superhero outfit is what I mean to say. You know? mm-hmm. Bikinis and wetsuits are very much like superhero outfits. They are. They are. Um, and uh, I also saw something else that was pretty good. Oh, 3,000 Miles to Graceland. Oh, the Kevin Costner movie? Yeah, well, it was Kevin Costner, um, um, Kurt Russell. Which is funny because Kurt Russell's playing Elvis again, I guess. <laughs> yes. Yeah, but it had uh, and Christian Slater was in it. 
and uh, I don't remember who else. But it was a, it was kind of like funny and a heist movie at the same time. Oh, it had um um, what's her name from Friends, Cougar Town, um, Courtney Cox. Mm-hmm. It had Courtney Cox in it too. And um, anyway though, yeah, it was like, I mean, it wasn't a comedy really. Because there were like action and murder and, and stuff like that going on in it, but it did have funny moments. Mm-hmm. And it was a pretty good Kurt Russell movie, I thought. I'm going to call it a Kurt Russell movie, even though I think Kevin Costner got top billing on it. Well, he's the star of the movie, so yes, it's a Kurt. It's a it's a Kevin Costner movie. Right, but I'm going to call it more of a Kurt Russell movie because he's actually more of the main character in it. Isn't Kurt Russell like the antagonist? No, Kevin Costner is a bad guy. Oh, he is? Yeah. He's he's the illegitimate son of Elvis. No, he's not. That's what he says he is. In the movie. Anyway. So, but yeah, it was pretty good, though. I liked it. I've never seen it. It was from 2001, and um, I guess it was one of those things that just went under my radar. I don't know. I'd never even really... I'd never heard of it until it popped up in my recommended watch list or whatever. And I was like, oh, this looks kind of interesting. Sure. <laughs> Why not? Um, so, yeah. And I watched a Randy Rhodes documentary. Really? That I thought was... I, I watched it because I thought, hey, you know, it's cool. I really don't know a whole lot about Randy Rhodes or anything. Um, but as I was watching it, it seemed to me to be more of a... A Quiet Riot documentary. Really? They're probably the only people that they could get to talk. Maybe, because that's primarily who they had interviews from, were people from Quiet Riot and stuff. Um, Because they they touched a little bit on his pre-Quiet Riot life. Pre-Quiet Riot life. I mean, there's not much to him. He didn't live in long enough to have a history, really. Right, right. I mean, he was only, what, like, 24, 25? Yeah. Something like that, um, when he died. But they they touched real briefly on, you know, him picking up his instrument and learning to play era or whatever. And then the big chunk of it was about Quiet Riot. And then at the very end, like, the last 20 minutes of it was about his time with Ozzy. Which, granted, the Quiet Riot years were his formative years. Mm-hmm. But let's be honest. I mean, if you're watching a Randy Rhodes documentary, you want to be hearing about his time with Ozzy, right? <laughs> well, yeah. Most, I mean, I would wager that most people don't even know he played in Quiet Riot. Well, he not only played in Quiet Riot, he formed Quiet Riot. Um, which, I mean, I did know, but I mean, that was before Quiet Riot even had a, like radio hits. They had some minor success with their first couple of albums, but they couldn't even get a U.S like, label deal. They they were, like, on a Japanese label. <laughs> or it was released in Japan or whatever. Um, and it wasn't until he left that they actually had a radio hit or anything. And, and their first radio hit, it wasn't even one of their songs. It was a cover of, of a Sweet song. Slade. Or Slade song. Yeah, Slade song. Slade, that's a band people should talk more about. I, yeah, I like Slade. <laughs> it's like, let's combine... Finn Lizzy and ACDC. Yeah, very much. <laughs> and nobody ever talks about them. 
probably because they were all ugly as fuck. Well, and that's one of the strange things, I guess. The, uh, the differences between 70s glam and, say, like, 80s glam, 80s, early 90s glam, is that uh, you could be totally glammy in the 70s and be just ugly, like, complete, yeah. completely ugly, but you were still hot glam, you know? Because yeah. Slade and Sweet and stuff like that. Uh, I mean, even though he was, like, on the horror side of it, Alice Cooper was glammy, you know? Uh, Gene Simmons was glammy in his own way. And, you know, all these people were pretty ugly. I, I don't want to say they're ugly. They're just not, like... Simmons had the benefit of being in makeup. Right. And, I mean, so did Alice Cooper. But, like, uh, I don't know. Was, were the Stooges glammy, you think? Mm, so they, they, they seem like they towed that line of, of being yeah. almost glammy. But, you know, they, sort of glammy. they weren't exactly pretty people. No, they weren't pretty. David Bowie's band wasn't really all that pretty. No, they were disgusting. Like in the glammy years and stuff. Um, but yeah, then then you get into like the glam of the '80s, and it was all like pretty boys, like Warrant and, and uh, Poison and stuff like that. Because they were on TV, they had to be. I guess. I mean, the glam in the '70s was in magazines and, and stuff like that, and they made videos still in the '70s. I don't know where they showed them, but they made them. And they were on like live TV, like you know, top of the pops kind of things and stuff like that. But it was just that's one of those weird things where it's like, I guess you know, in the same way, that's where I'm still like befuddled by the fact that uh, Donald Sutherland was like the sexiest man of the year in the '70s, one time, and that that still just trips me out because I'm like, really? (laughs) Like that that can't be true, right? But it is. So, seventies were, I guess, an odd place. Either that, or our culture has just evolved itself into thinking prettier people are better, like more and more over time. Really? You you think? I'm saying like in a pretty quick evolution there, because you know somebody like I'm saying, of course it is. Like Humphrey Bogart was a sex symbol at one point, and there's no way he would be considered that now. You know, like if he broke, if somebody that looked like him broke now, kind of thing. On, like, you know, Donald Sutherland. <laughs> really? Come on. But, anyway. So it's still kind of interesting to watch this Randy Rhodes thing, just because I did, I learned some things I didn't know before. Um, like, I knew he had died in a plane accident, but I wasn't really, I didn't really know the particulars around it. Which turned out to be a little more screwed up than I thought. But, um... Yeah. But yeah, you know, so I mean, it's still like if you want to, put, it's one of those things where it's definitely good to put on while you're working, so you don't have to pay as much attention to it. So for that, I'll give it like you know, one and a half thumbs up, I suppose. Um. So yeah. Anyway, and then for the past couple of days, I've been watching. Um. Did you know that? In the early 2000s, um, Kristen Crook was in two popular shows at the same time. Hold on, I'll be right back. Okay. Just keep talking about Kristen. It's no fun talking about it if you won't hear it. 
shaved in like three weeks. <laughs> okay. Hi. Hi. Um. Seriously, I haven't shaved in like three weeks, dude. I'm looking, and I'm wearing a bandana, so I'm looking like a crazy biker f- criminal from a TV show. Not like a real one, because a real one would actually look better. I'm looking like one of those, you know, crappy... No, you look like a real one, because you probably don't... You're not, like... Uh, you're not trying to make it look a certain way. You just put some on. Yeah, well, maybe. But... I look weird, is what I'm saying, man. I'm all, I'm all hairy. I'm looking like Grizzly Adams and shit, with a bandana. So pretty much a biker. Anyway. So, early 2000s. Did you know that Kristen Crook was in two popular TV shows at the same time? I do, because you told me that before I left for a sec. Okay. Well, I asked you if you knew. I didn't tell you she was. Mm. But yeah, she was. Besides being, you know, Lana Lang and Smallville. Um, which... To be fair, Smallville was never a super highly rated show. It was just the best rated show on the channel at the time. <laughs> which which is the reason, and that, that's pretty much how it was its entire run. Like, compared to shows on other channels, it wasn't all that highly rated. Um, and in fact, this other show I'm about to talk about might have actually been better rated than Smallville. <laughs> but it didn't have as many episodes per season. Uh, so she was in a Canadian super overwrought teen drama called... Edgemont. Edgemont? Yeah. It's a, a fictional town in Canada. Um, mm. I think on the opposite coast of Toronto? So I guess west coast Canada? Yeah, west coast of Canada is where it's supposed to be. Um, so she plays this new student in a high school that moves from Toronto, the other coast, uh, to this town, and it's, I mean, it's pretty much like what you'd expect. It was saved by the bell, but with people who were really horrible to each other in it. <laughs> like, um, trying to think of how else to explain this. Like, I mean, literally, there are two people in there that you'd want to throttle. Like, now or when you were their age. Um... Just super overwrought stuff. You know, they take on some topics. Uh, like, uh, Grace Park's in it, too. And she plays a in-the-closet Christian lesbian. Okay. Which we don't... You get little hints of that in the first season. By the way, she's, like, looking at certain girls and stuff. But okay. they, they don't really come out with that, I think, until, like, the second season. And then she doesn't really tell anybody about it until, like, the third season. Um... And the seasons are really short, like 13 episodes apiece. Until you get to, like, the fourth season, and that one's 18, and then they made 13 for the fifth season, and that was it. But, um, so, like, they take that on. They take, sort of take teen alcoholism on a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, trying to, like, other topical shit. I don't know. That for whatever was going on in the early 2000s. They, uh, had, like, three episodes dedicated to Biff Naked for some reason. Uh, and, and not really dedicated to her, but they kept bringing her up over and over. Which, okay, I mean, I really know, like, Canadian media promotes other people that are Canadian artists a lot. Um, 
I remember when we drove up there for a convention, like, the radio was just all about Billy Talent. <laughs> like, so, yeah, I understand that. Um, and Jeff Naked even, like, kind of made a cameo on the show for a minute. Mm-hmm. That happens in American shows sometimes. Right, it does. Um, you used to see that in, like, uh, Angel and stuff a lot with the bands. Not Angel, Buffy. And Dawson's Creek as well. That, yeah, that's more of what I'm at, um, and I guess this was sort of like another weird thing about this show is that it was almost like watching a Peanuts cartoon and where, wherein you never see an adult. Like, oh, interesting. even when, even when an adult's like a major part of a storyline, you still don't mm-hmm. see them ever. You might hear the voice, like a, a, an off screen voice arguing upstairs or something like that, but you never, no teachers, no parents, no nothing. You never see adults. Interesting. Um, well, okay, wait. I mean, uh, adults in figure positions of authority, maybe? Because you see, like, early college students who are technically adults, I guess, because they're over 18. Um, but you don't see anybody, like, older than that. Ever. Um, and I'm in, I'm in the fourth season now. I think, and they started cutting back on Kristen Crook's um, time on screen, I guess, because she was spending more time with Smallville. Oh, okay. Okay. So it's... And, and you know, again, I'll, I'll be honest with you, I watched it because it Kristen Crook, you know what I mean? <laughs> and then Grace... Also, how do you feel about her? Also Grace Park. They're both uh, very attractive ladies. We, we know how you feel about Kristen Crook. Oh yeah, I mean, she's like special. <laughs> yeah, she's pretty. Like ex- extremely, extraordinarily pretty is what I mean to say. Um, but anyway, uh, and it's it's not a terrible show, but it is um, borderline absurd. I think borderline absurd. Well, I don't think it's meant to be like an actual example of absurdity. Or absurdism, whatever you want to say. Um, but it, the, the <laughs> over the topness of some of the characters and the situations and stuff, mm-hmm. just almost borderlines being like an absurdist representation of something. Um, and it gets to the point where I think again, it's it's becomes unintentionally funny in spots. And uh, so it's been entertaining, and it helps that it's like real short seasons, and it's only like a it's a half hour time slot show, so it's only like twenty five minutes or something, twenty four minutes per mm-hmm. ep- per episode. So it's it like goes by really fast. Um, and it's interesting because it's like kind of a snapshot of like when I when I was watching several years ago when I was watching Parker Lewis and I mentioned that it was a good snapshot of like that period's fashion and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And this is a lot like that too, where it's it's kind of like a nice snapshot of early two thousands culture. Another thing I kept seeing pop up in there was a video game from back then. I remember, I remember it not because I played it, but because Yes contributed a song to it, um, and it was called Homeworld. Homeworld, yeah, sure. And I don't maybe that was made by a Canadian company or something because it pops up a bunch in this show, <laughs> like in the background, like in a poster, and, and some people are playing it and stuff. Um, which I thought was. Well, I guess they were still making sequels to it. Because that game came out in 99. 
And this show started in 2000, which would make sense at that point. But then by the third season, it was in like 2002. So I'm not sure why they were still showing it by then. <laughs> mm-hmm. But the, there was, I, I do remember there was like an expansion pack that came out and then like Homeworld 2 came out somewhere around there. So maybe that, and like I said, maybe it was a Canadian company, so they were promoting it for that reason. Um, which actually I went, because I kept seeing it in there, I went and looked up Homeworld and they're still putting versions of that out. Like they, they did a remastered version of it a couple of years ago, several years ago, not that long, but like within the past I don't know, eight years, I think. They put out a remastered version of the first two... Yeah, first two parts of that game. And then, But they still got new sequels of it coming out. There's supposed to be a new one coming out this year or next year, I think. And I didn't realize that. I've never actually played it. It sounds like a, an interesting thing, but it was at that period where those kind of... Uh, how do I... Like... You know, where you're not actually in the game, you're kind of just playing the structure of the game? I don't know if that's making any sense. No, that doesn't make any sense. What are you talking about? Where you're not really playing a character. You're you're just controlling, like, fleet of ships or whatever and giving them a goal. Oh, that sounds terrible. I hate that. That's a, They call that a real-time strategy game. Yeah, strategy game. I think that's what it... I think it's a strategy game. Yeah, I don't but, like that. But I could be wrong. I mean, there might be one-on-one stuff there, too. I don't know. Those are boring. But to like, me. Like, I never liked that. Or like those ones that had the ISO views. Um, like the three-quarter yeah. three overhead views and stuff. Yep, yep. Um, Warcraft, I guess, was one of those, wasn't it? Uh, I think the first ones, yeah. Like, I just, I, I never got into them because you're, you're not, you're just sort of like directing them. You're not really playing them. Yeah. I, I don't know. I don't know if that makes any like sense. resource management games. I'm not really into <laughs> that kind of stuff. Yeah, like it wasn't even the the three quarter overhead view that I minded because I liked I liked like Heimdall, which was like that, or uh, Gauntlet. Gauntlet was like that. But you're actually playing characters in those games, so I don't know. I mean, to me. It, I know, I, I guess it's like, to me, they felt a little more like playing those, like, my parents, my dad, my dad and my cousin would play those reenactment games where they'd set up these terrain boards yeah, and then have armies on them mm-hmm. and then kind of reenact battles. But, like, you know, they're not playing a single character. They're directing entire armies. Yeah, so. like Axis and Allies. Right. Like, so, yeah, they, they would, and, and those. That's what those are. Those, that's like a video game equivalent of those games. Yeah, and the board games, or the physical games, never really interested me either, so I guess it makes sense that the video games wouldn't... Yeah, they did not interest me either. Um, and I think, and I don't know if the current iterations of Homeworld are like that, but I think at least the first one was sort of, it was a strategy game like that. Mm-hmm. Real-time strategy? I don't know what they call it. That's what they call it, yeah. I mean, I can, actually, I've got something here, I can probably look it up, but... Um, I know it's a, it's an epic saga. Does that help? No. <laughs> but epic, epic man, don't you get it? Yo, I get it. I get it. I get it. Oh, okay, yeah, it's a, it's a real time strategy game. Yeah, that's what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's probably why I, n- I never actually played it either. 
A lot of people seem to really like it, though, when I looked it up online. They're huge. That kind of game, those kind of people that like that kind of game really like that kind of game. Yeah, it says... <laughs> but also, if you don't like that kind of game... You really don't like that kind of game. Yeah, I mean, at least in my case. I really <laughs> don't like those kind of games. I just find myself... Like, I, I can dig elements of it because um, Wing Commander was sort of like that. But you, right. you were actually playing a particular character in a single ship, but you were also directing things outside of your purview, I guess. Yeah. As a single character. Um, but it wasn't strictly like, like, okay, here's the description that I found. It says, gameplay, as in most real-time strategy titles, is focused on gathering resources, building military forces, and using them to destroy enemy forces and accomplish an objective. And I'm, I'm reading that going like, that's boring as shit. (laughs) It might be more fun. It says you can play it multiplayer modes. That might be more fun. Well, no, they, they're designed to do that. You can play them multiplayer because you got to have another team that you're... Somebody's got to be Germany, you know, that kind of thing. Right. It's more interesting when you're versus somebody. But that's like what StarCraft is. That's what... And that's one of, like, the most popular games in the world. I think I did play StarCraft for a little while. Maybe... I can't remember. I can't either. I was, it's just long, long, long enough ago that I don't remember. <laughs> um, but yeah, I don't know. I mean, I'm not, I'm not trying to knock Homeworld, because like I said, I, the reason I knew about it at all was because it had a really good Yes song on it. Um, which Yes then put out on their latter album that came out in 99. Well... Yes, definitely haven't played that game either. <laughs> I don't know, for all I know, man. Yes might be like... They might actually get together... That's true. As, they might get that's together as a band and play real-time strategy games. Yeah. That's true. That's true. I shouldn't say that. That's absolutely true. Because, you know... Shoot. They're, they're progressive. They I are. Know, I don't know what that means, really, but, you know... <laughs> um. Anyway, so... <laughs> I've just been rambling. I'm really sorry, man. I know. Why are you sorry? Because I feel like I'm just boring. You are boring. And I, I, no, I didn't really ask you how you're doing. I mean, I know you went to the hospital last night and didn't stay, and you need to go get checked out. But other than that, how's August been treating you, Mike? Pretty crappy. I'm not feeling great, but I'm getting through it. Yeah. You know, all these medical things make me real worried in this 49th year. Oh, you're hitting that self-fulfilling prophecy deadline, aren't you? It's not really self-fulfilling. I'm not going out to do anything to make myself sick. Well, I mean, you know, not intentionally maybe, but you keep telling yourself you're not going to make it past that date or whatever, you know. And you might be, like, unintentionally, subconsciously bringing things upon yourself. No. So it becomes a, you know self-fulfilling prophecy. You know what I'm saying? I'm going to fulfill your prophecy. Uh. What? <laughs> I'm going to fulfill that prophecy. I'm going to make it happen. Me and the captain are going to make it happen. All right. All right. 
I'll just be here watching Edgemont. Altamont? Edgemont. Altamont. Edgemont. Kristen Crook. Oh my god, you and your crook. And Grace Park. Why are you saying it like that? Why not? That's a good point. You bring up a good point. What's up? That I'm not going to deal with. Nah. <laughs> um, one last thing about things I've watched. Easy A is still a good movie. Uh, yeah. It's a good movie. I've only seen it the one time. I don't watch movies over and over again a lot of the time. I know. For the most part. I know I, there are that I do. I don't seek out to watch a movie over. Um, I would probably do, I probably would watch movies again that I liked anyway, but because I put a lot of stuff on while I'm working, it's just as easy to put something on I have seen, so I don't have to concentrate on it as much. Yeah, sometimes I'll put on a Marvel movie. They're, they're good for that. Yeah. And if you've already, like, actually watched, watched something before, yeah, then having it on as background just makes it easier somehow um, and again you know you might be noticing a theme this week but I watched it because of uh, uh, what's her name <laughs> what really I watched, I watched it because of Emma Stone yeah. um. I mean it's a good movie anyway which is a thing in and of itself but I watched it because of her much the same as I watched uh, Drive Me Crazy because it had it's not that it's such a great movie or anything but it had Melissa Joan Hart in it you know? <laughs> or I watched I Love You Beth Cooper because it had uh, Hayden Pantier how, yeah however you say <laughs> Hayden Panettiere Hayden Pancake Hayden Pancake I was on an island with Melissa Joan Hart and Michael Clark Duncan and Hooba Stank. <laughs> what island might this be? <laughs> island of the uh, Jose, Jose Cuervo Island? Oh, really? Yes. Jose Cuervo has an island in the British Virgin Islands. They own an island there. And you were there with Melissa Joan Hart. Why? Because uh, Sean McKeever won a, a cruise. And rather than ask, like, a girl to go with him, he asked me and another friend of his. Oh. All right. Well, that seems perfectly logical. I mean, you know, why not? So how do Melissa Joan Hart play in this? I don't know why she was there. Was she I think she was there to announce who was staying. <laughs> <laughs> what year was this? Uh, jeez. How if I know? I was living here. Oh, okay. But I was probably working at Devil's Day. I don't remember. So, post-02. Yeah. All right. I don't remember you leaving for a cruise. I didn't know you kept tabs on me. Well, no, but, I mean, we spent a lot of time together because we worked together and stuff. You yeah, know? true. And I, I, it seems like I, I remember you spending time with Melissa Joan Hart. Well, it's not like we spent a lot of time. In fact, she actually... Uh, seemed to actively try to avoid anybody that was on the cruise. 
And she was there with a big entourage of people, too. Like, she had a bunch of friends come with her. Mm, safety numbers. They were eating cheeseburgers. I remember that. They were sitting there in the the little cantina on the island uh, eating cheeseburgers, and I would try to not bother them as I passed them to go to the restroom. <laughs> All right. That was my interaction with Melissa Joan Hart. Sounds like a title of an article or something. My interaction with Melissa Jr. It's not even an interaction. It's a, it's an avoidance of. Yeah, it's uh, my my uh, my attempt to not bother <laughs> Melissa Joan Hart by Mike Norton. There you go. It's a good story. Turns out I'm really good at av- at not bothering people. That's a handy Except skill. Terry, who I bother all the time. Right. He got real mad at me the other day. What'd you do to him? Well, he, we were eating lunch, and I looked at his thumbnail, and I noticed that it looked like it had been like, you know how when you damage your nail or it it's like falls off and then it grows back and it's all bumpy? It looks like somebody hit it with a hammer and stuff. Yeah. And I went, oh, my God, what happened to your thumb? Look at your thumbnail. And he got real upset with me for pointing out that he had a ugly thumbnail. Maybe he was self-conscious about it. He obviously was, but I don't understand why he got so mad at me about it. Because I wasn't like, I wasn't making, I was, I, I was, this was like concern. I was like, what happened to you? And he acted like I was making fun of him. He actually went, well, what about your hairline? Were, and I was like, what? <laughs> Sorry. Was like, Is my hairline that bad? I mean, I've pointed it out before. <laughs> anyway, he did not like it. Oh. He was upset with me. Well, he still hasn't talked to me since then. Surely this isn't a thing that would mean, like, you know, total excommunication or something. Well, I don't know. He's a very moody person. I know a lot of people think I am, but he, like, this isn't the first time. And I'm like, "Mm, I don't really have the shoes to walk on all of his eggshells, you know. Hmm. Well, it's a weird weird situation sometimes. Hopefully that, uh, you know, quietly resolves itself. Yeah, we'll see. Maybe while I'm not in the studio, he'll take over or something, and then I'll come back and have to deal with that. Um, maybe. Secret, secret, uh, what do you call it, takeover? Hostile. Hostile takeover. Most certainly it would be a hostile takeover. Yeah. I, that just, sorry, talking about bad thumbnails just put me in mind of something when I was a kid. My, uh... My grandfather would babysit me for a while when he was still alive when I was a kid. And, you know, it was a small town here in Mount Alty, so, like, he knew a lot of people because he was older and spent a lot of time around town, right? And spent a lot of his time, like, in the bars and stuff. And basically he would take me around with him on his, you know, bar trips and stuff like that. Um, and when I say bars, they were mostly, like, old men bars, like Foreign Legion and 
Uh, yeah, VFW bars and, and very formative time for for uh, for little uh, crank. That's how I learned how to shoot pool. Actually, old men and, and veteran bars. <laughs> but anyway, so he, there's this one person I can't remember his name, but there was this one guy my grandpa knew who had this thumbnail. I, I don't know why he did this, but he let it grow out. Mm-hmm. Until it started curling in on itself. Yeah, yeah. And it like it looked like a, a snail shell or something, you know. Weird, right? Or like ram's horns or something. Like yeah, that's what they call it. They call it ram's horn. And I just remember, and it, it was like all where it grown out past his thumb and, and stuff. It was all like weird yellow brown looking weird colors, you know. Mm-hmm. And it creeped the shit out of me, man. <laughs> Um. Yeah, I, I haven't thought about that in a really long time. Thanks, Mike. Well, I'm I'm here to help. I know you are. Yeah. Well, I I uh, well, you know, if you're Jim, you think I'm here to make your life miserable, but I'm here to help. I'm people don't understand that about me. Right, 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 right. I'm very, I'm a very helpful person. Right, 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 right. Man, that was a creepy thumbnail, though. Jesus, dude. Why would you let that happen to yourself? I mean, I, I can understand, like, an accidental... Your thumb gets fucked up and your nail falls off and gets bumpy. Like, but why would you let your thumbnail grow into something like that? That's not something that, like, you wake up one day and it's like that and you can't fix it. You know? Right, right. I mean, and he, he was an old dude and he smoked a lot, I remember. So maybe he just didn't give a shit. Like, and he did it just to, like... You know. He did it just to, like, wake people out, you know? You became him. Uh, my thumbnails ain't like that, dude. Mm. In fact, I'm learning now that I can't have fingernails. Well, I mean, I knew I couldn't have fingernails anyway because it makes it really hard to play guitar. Oh, on one hand you can't have. Right, like on my on my left hand because that's my fretboard hand. Yeah, same here. And really, I don't even like them on my picking hand, even though I finger pick a lot, because I... I don't like them getting hung up on the strings, you know. I it's they get hung up on everything else for me, like caught in my sheets and stuff like that. That too, yeah. I don't like that. So but I keep them, even though I don't finger pick a lot. I, well, I don't like them because I never like them because I don't like the way they click on bass strings either. Mm. Um, and they're not consistently clicky is the problem. Like, so I I I've never. By and large, I've always kept my fingernails trimmed, well-trimmed. Um, back in the day, I used to bite my fingernails a lot, but I, I managed to stop doing that in the aughts sometime, I think it was. And um, I switched to just keeping them trimmed with you know, fingernail clippers. Mm-hmm. But I haven't been very observant the past few weeks um, as my tiredness increased and stuff. So I just I haven't trimmed my nails, and I found out that I can't have nails past my... Th- um, like much past my fingertips, because I I cut myself with them. <laughs> my nails really? my nails are really sharp, dude. That's weird. And if I file them, they just delaminate. Like, hmm. Like I've got on my middle yeah on my middle finger on my left hand I've got where my fingernail on my right hand it dug in there and I've got like a, a big open gap thing looking there like a, it's it's a healing wound is what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. And I've got another one on my thumb where my my 
forefinger like accidentally slid across right by the cuticle and sliced my my skin open and stuff. <laughs> like I can't have nails, dude. It's weird. My nails are deadly weapons, man. I'm like Wolverine, but without claws. I got nails instead. I'm like Sabretooth. Mm. Uh, in fact, with the beard, and, any of that. with the beard and stuff, I kind of look like Sabretooth. Mm. You're kind of not like any of that. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm super Wolverine, dude. Mm. I'm like Wolverine and Sabretooth combined. I'm like Project XXX. I'm the porn version of those guys. Mm, you're definitely not that either. With this beard? Yeah, I am. Mm. Um, but, you know, whatever. Nails. What are you going to do with them? Cut them. That's what you're going to do with them, Mike. Cut them. Mm, not good. All right, anyway. So, um, I don't know, man. I haven't, I, I managed to letter a 250-page OGN and a 150-page OGN and some regular monthly titles on my schedule over the past, like, month and a half. Okay, stop bragging. I'm not, I'm explaining why I'm tired. Um, granted... A lot of that got crammed into just the last, like, three, three, four weeks because there were some delays on some stuff and whatnot. And some stuff got bumped, and I'm still, even though I got those big projects done, I'm still, like, trying to play catch-up now because some stuff got delayed and pushed into this week. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's like I'm not quite out of the woods yet, which would be really nice just to take a couple of days off and not think about work for a while, but I'm, I can't do that this week yet. Um... Although, on one of the OGNs, I, I got to experiment with a new kind of tail, and it looked kind of cool. I had to do, there were, this was a translation from a form book. So very was, nerdy thing to say. Huh? It was a very nerdy thing to say. It is, but I'm going to say it anyway, because I thought they turned out pretty nifty. Um, so, this was a translation of a form book, so it already had some styles established that I kind of had to follow a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, on Towards the end of this one book, there's this kind of spirit character, I guess. Not spirit like Will Eisner's a spirit. I mean, like an actual ghosty kind of... Like, like G.I. Joe's spirit. He, yes, a Native American character. Okay, okay. Yep. Um, a very stereotype-typed Native American character. Oh, no. Yeah, no, not, I'm kidding. It's not. It's a, it's, a, it's a big ghost, basically. A big spirit. Big ghost. Just like the G.I. Joe character. Yeah, one ghost a wolf. Big no, I'm talking about the GI Joe character, Big Ghost. Oh, Big Ghost! Right. <laughs> you remember Big Ghost? Yeah. Sorry, I forgot. Duh. He was like one of the, the Ghost Force characters. Ghost Force, yeah, Ghost Force in the nineties. Mm-hmm. They had the um, uh, pastel colors or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 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 That's how it happened. Right. I remember them. Yeah, you do. So, yeah, this character in this book, though, is it's like a giant spirit ghost thing. Um, and the style in the original balloons, they weren't super defined, but I, I got the sense that they wanted the balloons to look sort of smoky, like smoke. Um, so I extrapolated from that, and, and I did sort of a wavery balloon, almost like a just a, you know, weak balloon kind of thing. Um, mm-hmm. But with the tails, I did these kind of 
overlapping things that were not quite spirals, but like, say, overlapping like twin tails that would leave gaps in them and stuff. And mm-hmm. uh, it kind of looks like smoke spiraling out towards the mouth and stuff. And I thought they turned out really cool. And I, I'm wondering if I'll ever be able to use that style on anything ever again because I, <laughs> it's pretty specific, you know. Yeah. Like you need to have something like, like I guess I could do it if I had like a genie talking or something. That'd be kind of cool. You can just do it on all of my comics. <laughs> or like maybe uh, if somebody's speaking a spell or something. Mm, yeah, spell time. Or if I was uh, if I was doing a stoner comic. That'd be kind of cool, because, like, they could take a hit off the bong, and when they say something, it comes out in the balloon, like, smoky. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I mean, there there are applications for this that I might be able to reuse it again sometime in the future, but I don't know. I just, I wanted to point out a bright spot and all that madness I put myself through. And... I wasn't really going to talk about it, but I feel like I'm okay. Um, because, and, and I probably wouldn't have done this if my brain would have been in a different headspace. But because I've been working so crazy, I've been doing it, obviously, you know, you don't work crazy for no good reason. You do it to make money, right? Mm-hmm. And um, I looked at my finances, and because I, I had found a deal. I looked at my finances and figured out what I have coming in in billings and what I have right now and what I have to pay out. Well, where this is going. I like this a lot. <laughs> and so one night I had found a deal and I figured I could make it work and I bought myself a matte black t- 2022 Rickenbacker 4003 base. Yeah, I like it. Um, I got it for several hundred dollars cheaper than I thought I was going to have to spend because I, I mentioned earlier this year that my plan this year was to not buy more cheaper instruments or anything. I was going to save up and get a Rickenbacker. I like this. And I was driving myself crazy this past monthish, monthish, um, and decided I'm gonna make myself, I'm gonna get myself something that makes this all seem like it's worthwhile. <laughs> you know. I like what is. I like this. And I really wanted the matte black ones, and I didn't think I was gonna get one because I've been keeping my eye out for them. But the last time they made them was 2020. Yeah, I've never even seen one. Uh, apparently they've done them off and on in the past, but it wasn't something they done regularly because the regular colors are just the jet glow fire glow and Mm -hmm. um maple maple glow (laughs) they call it but it it doesn't have a glow it's just maple um and occasionally they'll do something like the azure blue or something yeah that's what i like uh and i've seen i saw a purple one but i think that was a custom shop like made specifically for a particular store Mm-hmm. There was more than one of them, but I, I, I think it was made for a store. Um, so, yeah, the, or, and occasionally they'll do, like, a, what they call a ruby glow, I think, which is more of a, a bluish red than than the orange red from the fire glow. And it might actually, it, I think it's like a solid red. It's, it's not like a burst or anything. But anyway, so, yeah, they, they do, a, um, they'll do colors of the year and stuff off and on. And I didn't, I didn't been keeping an eye out for the matte blacks and they still had a bunch of the 4003s models in matte black those are the ones that are a few hundred dollars cheaper they don't have the binding around the body um they're mono instead of stereo and they don't have like the um the the shark fin inlays you know they just got dots which they look 
a lot sleeker than the actual four or than the standard four thousand three. They're not bad looking bases. They're just not what I wanted, you know. Um, because I've, and I've talked about this before with the four thousand three. Since I started playing when I was like eleven or twelve, twelve I guess. Um, because the people, some of the bass players I admired a lot played them. I've wanted one since then, and I just never got one. <laughs> like. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. it was a lot of money. At any period in my life, relatively speaking, it was a lot of money. Even when they, I, always I, been expensive guitars. Even when I could have got them for a grand, when I could have got them for a grand, a grand might as well have been five grand to me back then. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Um, so I've just never gotten one. And after a time, it started being one of those things where, like, I'm, I'm and I even recently, I. I I asked my mom, I'm like, you know, you think maybe I should just not get one and just leave it a, be a, like a, a dream? Because <laughs> you know? mm-hmm. it's not going it, to, there's no way it could live up to the magic I've made out of it in my head. Mm-hmm. Getting yourself, or, or me getting this is not just suddenly going to turn me into Getty Lee or something. You know? <laughs> like, mm-hmm. I think it will. I think you're going to turn into Getty Lee now. Especially considering, you know, Getty Lee doesn't even play one anymore. So, um,. And he hasn't for a long time. He switched up jazz basses decades ago. But anyway, so uh, but I decided to go ahead because I they they made them again for 2022. Um, I've been keeping track of them, like I said, and I couldn't find any of the regular, the standard editions. And when I did find them, they were marked up, I guess, because they were getting rarer or scarcer. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I was like, well, I guess I'm just gonna have to get a regular Jekyllo, which is fine because that's that was my initial thing before I saw the Matt Blacks. Um. But then I, I saw a recent listing, and it had been marked down for a 2022 production model. And I'm like, okay, this, this is a sign, right? It's cheaper than I thought it was, and it's the thing I wanted. And my brain wasn't working, right? So I'm like, I looked at everything, and I'm like, okay. And I kept staring at the page for like an hour, like refreshing it to see if somebody else would buy it. Because <laughs> I'm like, well, maybe somebody else will buy it, and I won't have to worry about it, <laughs> or whatever. And then, I, you know, because in my head, my thought process is, like, I'm going to regret it if I don't get this. And then I'm like, I'm going to regret it if I do get it. And mm-hmm. so I kept going back and forth, like like a crazy person, essentially. Um, and then finally, I'm just like, all right, well, whatever. And I'm, I, I hit the buy button, and I bought it. And then I sat there staring at the screen for another, like, 20 minutes with my hands over my mouth going, oh, God, what'd I do? <laughs> you know? Um, and then I woke up the next morning, and I was like, oh, God, what did I do? And then... Yeah. I was just like, well, okay. And, and they didn't respond to it right away. Like, I, I bought it from a seller on Reverb. And it, it was, when I bought it, it was late on a Friday, I think. Um, so, you know, they didn't respond or send any message acknowledging it right away or anything. I'm like, well, maybe, because I, I saw, I was following it on eBay, too, from the same seller. Um, I was like, well, maybe they sold it on eBay or something already. So they'll get back to me and tell me they... You know, it accidentally sold out before they could take the listing down or something, you know. And I was like, well, I'll take care of my problem. That'll be a sign that I shouldn't have bought it, right? Which, it's not really. I understand the fact that there aren't really signs and stuff like that. I'm just saying, this is my convoluted thinking process right now. Um, But then on Monday, they were like, okay, we're shipping it. I'm like, oh, okay. (laughs) And it showed up Wednesday, I think. This is all last week. It showed up on Wednesday, I think. Um, and since I've got it, it's been out of its case twice. <laughs> mm-hmm. The first time I pulled it out, because I, I wanted to check it, make sure it got, got to me undamaged. 
And um, I actually, I've got these white cotton gloves that I use for handling negatives, and I also wear them on my hand, my <laughs> my stylus hand for the whack them so I don't get stuff all over the screen. You know? mm-hmm. Um, so I, I put on a pair of white cotton gloves to, to pull it out <laughs> and check it. Yeah. And I, I played it. I played it with the white cotton gloves on. Um, oh, come on. Well, I, I did pull it out again the next day and I played it for about 15 minutes. And, uh, I didn't have white cotton gloves on then. So. It was just that first time, for one thing, that first time I was like, man, I paid less for cars than I paid for this base. Mm hmm. You know, I mean, and, and not cars that I was buying for parts. I mean, cars that actually ran for several years <laughs> before I got rid of them. Um, so you I never mean, bought a car for parts? Yeah, I have. For what? Back you when bought I, a car for parts? Yeah, back when I owned a Corvair. Mm. I found one that was, somebody was selling it for a couple hundred dollars for parts and still had most of the engine intact, so I bought it. Mm. Pulled out the carbs and rebuilt them and stuff like that and put them on my other car. So, yeah, I have bought parts cars before. But anyway, so, yeah, I mean, you know, this is just like, and again, I haven't played it a lot yet. So, and I haven't played it on a proper amp. I played it on a smaller practice amp because it's still down in my living room. Um, it's a fine instrument. Mm-hmm. And I, I really like the matte black on it. It's When I say matte black, I mean, you know, it's also called like satin finish or something like that. Like, if, mm-hmm. you, if you were to get, like, a, a Fender Strat in this finish, it would be called Satin Finish instead. Um, but I really like it. It's, it's slick. Like, the back of the neck feels really smooth. Uh, which I used to, like, on my shiny-necked guitars, I used to do a thing where I'd take, like, really fine-grip sandpaper or, or whatever and then scuff it up, scuff up the backs and necks anyway to make them satin. Yeah, yeah. a lot of people do that. Yeah, because it just reduces the drag. You don't get that sticky hand syndrome or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is I expect I'm going to have the, the opposite problem on this eventually where the parts that I rub against the most are going to wind up getting shiny again mm-hmm. but whatever you know I, I, I really like the way it looks right now um, and it plays it's got uh, the neck I'm not used to the shape of the neck I most of my stuff tends to have more like I guess C shape like baseball bat type necks you know mm-hmm uh, this has kind of a flattened profile. It feels flatter than a D to me, but it, you know, it might be might be considered. I guess it's considered a D shape because it's got more of like a that, that speed profile, that flatter thing going on on the back of the neck. Um, I might need to lower the action a little bit because I feel like the action's a little high on it, but I'm not sure. Um, I'll have to play it a little more to figure that out. I know right off the bat, I don't like that pickup cover that they put over the, the truck pickup. Mm-hmm. It just, it gets in my way. I keep my hand, kept bumping it and stuff. But mm-hmm. that's fine. I, I ordered a thing from Rickenbacker that's a, it's a treble bezel cover. Um, so that when I take off the, the big chrome piece, I can put this other thing in to fill up the gap where you would see around the pickup and the thing, you know. Mm-hmm. Why they don't just put that in there anyway, I don't know. Like, because from what I understand, very few people keep these pickup covers over. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. it's usually the, one of the first things everybody does when they get their, get them is pop these things off. So, I don't know. Maybe they just, it's it's their, I mean, it's their thing. It's part of the look of the Rickenbacker base, you know. I guess they want to keep it there. And if you want to take it off, it's up to you to take it off. But, 
Um, so yeah, it's a really fine base. I'm going to restate though, just getting something, no matter how much you want it and how much you build it up in your head, a thing is not magic. <laughs> you know? True, true. And if you build up something in your head to a certain point, you are going to be slightly disappointed in it. Yeah, I think that's uh, that's probably a little bit true, yeah. yeah. Um, and like I said, I, that is not to knock this. If I hadn't really wanted one of these for so long... I don't think I would have spent what it costs to buy one. Mm-hmm, 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 yep, yep. I'm not sure that it, I mean, worth is a, you know, a relative thing. Something is worth what people are willing to pay for it. I think that's why I haven't been as guitar crazy lately, because I did buy some of these guitars that I always wanted and dreamt of and realized, oh... The bottom line is there's really not a big that big a difference between all of them. Right. And that's the thing. Is, is I, I, I'm trying not to make it sound like this bass is a bad thing. It's not. It, it's a well-made right. instrument. Mm-hmm. It is. It's still, they, I mean, they still make Rickenbackers in America, you know. So it's American. That's the thing. I don't know if that's necessarily the hallmark of quality, though. It's not, but it's nice to buy something that's, you know, made local, more or less. I mean, relatively speaking, made local. Yeah. Um, but aside from the time when you played it and didn't like it, my when it's well-maintained, my PV plays just as well. <laughs> you know, and it sounds, I like the sound of my PV just as well. I mean, the Rickenbacker does sound like a Rickenbacker. It's got its thing, at least through this small practice amp I have down in the living room. Um, mm-hmm. Which... I was talking to my friend about it, you know, before I bought this, and I was like, you know, should I, again, I was questioning, like, should I get one? Because I was like, you know, on stuff I've recorded in the past, I've approached getting Rickenbacker tones with some of the other basses that I have. And he's like, well, yeah, you've, you've gotten really close. You sound like, you know, really like it. He's like, but if you start with one, then you're starting from there. I'm like, well, that makes sense, I guess. Sure. So, yeah, this does, I mean, it sounds like that Rickenbacker sound. But... Again, you know, I've got I got a Fender that plays just as good and sounds just as good. I've got a PV that plays just as good and sounds just as good. <laughs> and neither one of them, I mean, both both of those I got for like a fifth of the cost. You know, so I if I, I don't. You don't really need to buy a super expensive thing unless you really want it. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. The super expensive thing is not necessarily going to be the best, better thing. In, in all ways, better thing. It gets really complicated when you start talking about stuff like this. Because, I mean, want really confuses things. So, I, I don't know. But I, I have one now. And that's cool. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm happy for you. I'm proud. Thanks. I feel like... I think if there's anybody I know that needs one of those, it's you. Because <laughs> I know you'll do something with it. And it was just sort of a... It sounds dumb to say getting a base is a life goal, but it's been a goal that's been in my life for a long time. Mm-hmm. And I've completed that goal. It's like leveling up, kind of. I've, yeah. I've bought a house, and I have a Rickenbacker. Yeah. Base. You've done... You, you, I haven't... Ha- I don't have a house. <laughs> you've beaten me. But you've got a home. I mean, you bought a home. I have bought a home, yes. I mean, I'm not saying that a house is... I'm, I'm just saying I, I, I bought a home of my own 
and I bought a Rickenbacker bass. I don't think I have any more goals, Mike. I think I'm done. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, I, I can die now. See you on the other side. Yeah. I mean, pretty much. Yeah, I've done. I've done it. Well, no, no. I, I blew my goal of being a dead rock star at 27. So. Well, it's not really a goal, is it? Sure. Why not? Mm. But I mean, you know, it's it's a goal you kind of it's got a fixed expiry date though. So I, I'm, I've blown well past that. So. Mm-hmm. Um. I, you know, and I've accepted the fact that I'm never actually going to be a, a successful musician, rock star person. <clears throat> so, you know, there's goals I've put aside. The only goals I had left, I guess I've accomplished. Mm. So in that sense, I've done pretty well for myself. Um, I can rest easy now. I don't, I don't have to worry about anything anymore. I don't have anybody to impress. I've done everything I wanted to do. You know, everybody else can go fuck themselves. Can I go get lunch now? Sure. Did you have anything in stores? Uh, I don't think I do. I I am sure there were probably things over the past couple weeks, but I don't know what they were. Oh, right, yeah. We haven't been around for a while. Um, and I... It, that comic list I usually visit, it's kind of hard to get to the past week's stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, this week, I don't... I'm looking... I don't really know. I'm not really seeing anything I took in or had a part in. I don't know exactly what you're working on, so I don't know what you, if you've got anything out. Mm-hmm. So I don't think I've got anything in stores this week. I probably did over the past couple of weeks. I'm sure other people from the studio have had some stuff out over the past couple of weeks. Um, but anyway, that's fine. Mike's hungry. Maybe your was your pa- passing out thing related to your diabetes? No, but, you know, I was totally. They the, the paramedics came and they took all my vitals and I was fine. So, I think it was just some weird passing hypertension thing or something. Mm. All right. Well, don't die. I'm trying not to. Okay. Go see your doctor. I'm trying. Get some tests and stuff. You know. Okay. Don't stress out, though. Okay. Tell Julie that. Julie, don't stress out. Mm-hmm. When you stress out, you're stressing Mike out. Yeah, she doesn't get that. And, you know, if your whole reason is to, like, stop something from happening to Mike, stressing him out, it's not helping. She usually doesn't stress. Uh, she is usually unstressed, but she's stressed about this. Well, she's worried about you, man. Yeah. Okay. Uh, well, we'll see you all next week. Or not really see you, but you know what I'm saying. Yep. Have a good weekend, and goodbye. Bye.